Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Today's Casual Talk Radio episode is going to be a short one, mostly because I'm sure people out there know we're dealing with allergy and cold season. It's affecting a lot of people. I'm not absolved of this. It's not affecting me terribly, but it is affecting me. And of course, as I try to communicate, it's harder to do so because of what's happening. So if you hear pauses, I apologize. It's, I don't want to, you know, cough or sneeze or anything in your ear. That's what that's doing. So I'll give you a quick internal update. I gave on on Crypto Talk Radio, rather, sister podcast. I was talking about finally possibly getting out, and then that didn't work, and I want to tell you what happened. So I was all done. Signed, sealed, delivered, I'm yours, Stevie Wonder. Ready to go, and I initially had no concerns with what I saw. It's a very highly rated place to go. That would have got me out of Nevada. It wouldn't be a place that I necessarily want to be, but I was okay being certainly better than Nevada. And everything was done, approved, all that stuff. They took my company, everything was fine. After we start the paperwork, then they start telling me things I don't want to hear. First, and I can't stand when this happens, the place does not have a dedicated garage for every unit. So you're you're basically, it's like a rat race for garages unless you rip yourself off by going with the highest priced unit, which is a three bedroom. I don't need a three bedroom. I only need a two bedroom. So I didn't want to play for the three bedroom, not the prices that they wanted for it anyway. I don't mind a three bedroom if it's, you know, 2000 bucks or something where this was way higher than this. So that's the only place you can get a dedicated garage that you don't have to pay extra for, which I think is a joke. So that's one. You can offer to pay for a garage, which I wasn't cool on, but I didn't mind doing because I just need to get out of Nevada. But then their form lets you choose this option, and then they call you and tell you, well, yeah, we don't have any garages, deep, 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 which means your form is inaccurate because it shouldn't even offer it if you don't have them available. So that bothers me. But the most important thing that bugged me was the Amazon Hub. The Amazon Hub, apparently many apartments are rushing to this Amazon Hub, and the drivers, all of them, FedEx, UPS, USPS, DHL, all of them, when they see the Hub, They start cheering because it means they don't have to actually go to your door and give you your package. Of course, that's a disservice to the tenant. If I'm the tenant and I have very expensive things shipped to me, I expect them to come to the door and I want to have the choice. I might choose to do the hub for certain things, but generally speaking, I want it drilled to the door because I'm not going to walk all the way over to a different place to get my packages and then have to walk to a completely different place to get my mail. Because in most of these types of establishments, USPS will not deliver mail to your door either. So now it's a double whammy and I found that unacceptable. So I had to tell them right after they gave the final approval and everything's good to go, had to tell them, sorry, not going. 
She calls back and says, you know, before I cancel, we can do this one over here. And it solves your garage thing because you get the garage tax. I'm like, no, screw you because I'm not paying that much extra money just for the privilege of, uh, for extra room I don't need just so I can have what all your apartments should have. It's a scam, a scam. So for now, I'm stuck here because although I found a place that was willing to take what I have to offer, it's a joke and I had to be careful because it means I can no longer use apartment complexes in my eligibility criteria. I'm basically forced to look for houses for rent as opposed to apartments because I'm not doing Amazon Hub and I'm not doing this garbage of, well, you might get a garage, you might not. It needs to be the way it's always been and that's the way it is. So for now, I'm still stuck here. Don't like it, but it is what it is. I'll just stack cash. So now I got to wait for my thousands of dollars that I put up front to come flowing back to me so that I can continue my search elsewhere. Meanwhile, the endeavors continue to pay, but the first one doesn't pay like I want. So he's about to be two checks behind again, basically one check a month as normal. And then the other one pays. And of course we had holidays and they were closed for like two days. So that was kind of painful. And they're going to be closed again, coming up on Christmas, not financially worried, not concerned, just don't want to be here. I don't like the apartment complex or the, excuse me, property manager for the place that I'm at. Don't like it. Don't like the city. Don't like the HOA cops. Don't like any of that stuff. So let me go ahead and get into my topic, which has nothing to do with what I just told you. That was just an internal update. Let me just go ahead and get into the topic real quick. This episode will be rather short simply because I know people are ill and I'm no exception to this. I was reading up on the various discrimination laws for employment, mostly because I've already been subjected to it multiple times. I've only gone after one company, and unfortunately, the organization that would actually investigate those cases is constantly backlogged, never available to take your case, so it's kind of a waste of time. You could be sitting around for six months, and then they'll ask you for data they know you can't give to try to, quote, prove what happened. Anybody that's even come close to considering a claim will understand that it's not easy to prove certain things because people are very, very methodical at covering their tracks when it's blatant discrimination in the finest order. This was never more clear than during the pandemic. Every company was essentially discriminating. Many continue to do so. Of course, I've gotten to the point where I just said, screw you. But in this situation, I knew that there's this discrimination out there and I wanted to get something done to fix it. Didn't happen. So I was going through and reading all the different laws and information about discrimination, everything going on. And one of the things that was presented is the idea that companies are not supposed to, they do it all the time, but they're not supposed to essentially prefer, like, for example, you know, if you choose to work this job and normally the company will staff it to female and you are male, The company can't do that. They have to consider you equal for the job. Now, I'll tell you a story, and this will be today's episode, just to tell you a story about that business. Back in 1998, I want to say, 97, 98, 99, somewhere around there, I was getting a a job just because I was between jobs and stumbled across, and I believe it's in the newspaper, stumbled across a job at Staples, what we know as Staples, office supplies, Staples. And I had requested to be a cashier because I felt it'd be a more useful trade to learn than the alternatives, which would be like warehousing. And I wanted to work in one specific staples that happened to be very close to where I lived right down the road. And it was a place I always went to because circuit city was there in the vicinity, actually in the same strip 
and I would just go there and it would have been perfect. And of course, to go through the process, then there's, I get accepted to go to the orientation. The orientation takes place way up north, had to have help getting up there. Go up there and it's dry and dull, don't remember any of it. All I remember is the drive going up there. Do that, then I get approved. However, they dispatched me to a different store. This store is nowhere close to my home, not convenient to get there at all, and I don't have a car. So now I have to get dropped off until I was able to get the car that I eventually would get to be able to get to this job because I wasn't going to do multiple bus transfers. You might think that's a little bit petty. The truth is, if you understood the area at that time, it was not going to work to do multiple bus transfers to get to work every single day. I'd have been driven nuts. So fine, I'm in this store. It's not what I wanted, but whatever. It's a job. So I get there and they tell me, all right, you're going to be working stock. And I'm like, why? I asked for cashier. Well, we only have, we don't have our men do the stock. We are the cashier. We have the men do the stock. Girls do the cashier. That's blatant discrimination. Of course, at the time, I didn't think it through and I was too focused on the job. But that was blatant discrimination because I wanted to be cashier and I would have been good at it. And I actually picked the area I wanted to be in because it would have been perfect for my aptitude at the time. And stock was not good for me because unfortunately, as I think I told the story once or twice, we would often get older ladies that come in and they're doing shopping and they want the heaviest desk possible. So you have to go into the stock room, you have to get it down off the upper shelf and nobody was trying to help you because other people are sitting around talking about the latest football game. And so you're running solo, possibly injuring yourself. They give you all this equipment. The equipment doesn't do any good. So now I'm miserable, can't stand the job. It's a check, but it was very low. I think I was only there for two months, two weeks, months, weeks, two weeks before I quit. And they, on the way out, they said, why are you quitting? I told them, number one, nobody's helping me here. You got people standing around. You're not enforcing it. Number two, I wanted to be a cashier for this very reason. This is not my aptitude. You basically put me here because I'm a guy and didn't care. You would never put a female to work the stock like this because you know that they basically kill themselves if you try to do it. That's why I'm leaving. And they didn't stop me because they knew I was not, they knew I was right. And ultimately I was going to be a liability and that's cool. Now, fast forward, if I were in such a situation that I was desperate enough to work at that kind of a job, I would know that's discrimination, what you just did. And I could have sued them for millions and millions of dollars. And it would have been great. Just at the time I wasn't thinking about it. And fast forward now to where I am now, I haven't experienced anywhere near that level of it. I get some. It's more like hostile environment type thing. It's nothing to the degree that I saw before where it's a blatant discrimination. It's more hostile environment. And I realized that it's every company culture because although there are supposed to be laws around this sort of thing, they're not really enforced because they want proof. So the only way you can really get proof is to record your communications to people. In certain states, that's actually against the law. So the whole system's rigged against you to try to make a case unless it's blatant and or there's a bunch of different people willing to kind of come together and do it. Even then, they're going to ask for proof and evidence of a thing, and you have to cover they'll cover their tracks, and there's not really much you can do. Also, if you're a guy and you make such a claim, they're less likely to believe you than if you're a female making the same claim, which is another form of discrimination by the very organization designed to actually enforce this on your behalf. The truth is, I accepted that. I accepted that this is a rigged game, all the way around rigged. I can think back when I worked at the cable company. This would have been 98 cable company, and I had a falling out with the people there, even though I followed everything that was in the employee handbook and told to me. 
they nailed me on something that really wasn't a violation because I did what the book told me I was supposed to do. And they claimed it was a violation when it wasn't. I didn't say anything at the time because I had no evidence, no proof. Turns out later, my supervisor, who happened to be gay, filed a claim against them for discrimination because he was terminated for a silly reason as well. I didn't know about it at the time because it was long after the fact, but this is yet another example where they cover their tracks very, very well. It's hard to prove this. It's hard to prove when they're blatantly mistreating you, which is why I always say the companies that just openly mistreat you, like I talked about possibly getting into the third endeavor and the fact that the moment I said, okay, let's go with it, they started trying to act like dictators and try to dismissive and disrespectful out of the clear blue when prior to that, it had been perfectly fine. I just happen to be better at sensing and smelling out when these people are just blatantly incompetent. I'll tell you, my endeavors, the ones that are active, I don't have great days. I told the story for a couple of periods about the first endeavor and the struggles with them. It's just that I could sense it wasn't personal. They just have a cultural thing I have to kind of breach, and I was able to breach it. Finally, it just took long. We still have people that are disruptive, but it's not to the degree it was before. So we got past it. But every company seems to be the same. They have these weird things, and it's either they're just blatantly whatever, incompetent, or just rude or dismissive, but it's not personal. It's just cultural, this is the way we work type thing versus the companies that just totally disrespect you and don't value you and your time and your attention. And it's obvious that they're discriminating against you. There's no respect there, okay? So given all of that put together, I just decided to kind of focus on the work and do a better job sensing when these were going to go south, sensing when there's these discriminatory things happening. If I were going to talk about a position, I am very abrupt when I talk about some position that's been presented to me saying, here, we need somebody to do this job. I just had one. And they said, yeah, when we do the screening process, we have this game. And I'm like, screw you. I'll tell you what I will and won't do. And one thing I'm not going to do is some game. If you want to talk to me and talk business about your business problems and how I can solve them, we can talk about it. I'm not doing your game. I'm not your worker. I don't work for you. So no, I'm not doing it. <laughs> and that may seem petty, but the truth is, I think, in my opinion, Largely in the United States, we have allowed employers to dictate for too long. And by letting them dictate and the desperation largely caused by the government, the desperation that's out there has caused people to give them a free pass. And I don't think we should give them a free pass. I think we should basically tell them to kick rocks and hold firm. I said it before, you should feel pride in yourself and not let anybody disrespect you or make you feel like less than what you are. You certainly shouldn't allow people to discriminate against you, even though it's very hard to detect it and certainly hard to prove it. But when you do detect it, don't allow it to continue and certainly don't stay in that situation. And I know that's hard because you have to keep a roof over your head. And I get it. And that's just my recommendation. I can't tell you what to do. It's your situation. Your situation is going to be unique. Everybody's is different. I understand that. I'm still simply sharing the story that, yes, there are blatant situations where you are presented with something and you're told that it has to be this way. And it's actually a form of discrimination that's against the law. You'll need to make sure that you recognize it for what it is and then make a decision. I'm simply recommending that you should take action, which means walk away, possibly even legal action if necessary, but don't let it slide. And certainly don't let companies mistreat you. Don't let companies make you feel like you have to do a thing simply because that's where they need you. None of that applies. If you applied for something in good faith and it's what you want to do, the company should be open to letting you do it unless they can somehow prove 
somebody else was more qualified than you. And if they didn't tell you that prior to you accepting an offer, to me, that's unacceptable. And the offer should be null and void. And you should be brave enough to say that. The company then is going to show the true colors. If they're willing to work with you and they're willing to negotiate and talk it out with you and say, we understand, let's see what we can do. Let's escalate the situation. Let's see if we need to make some changes. And you see they're trying, then maybe you do give them a shot. But if they just basically start, you know, pawning you off and not giving you the time of day anymore, maybe you were able to dodge a bullet. Maybe you were able to highlight that, yeah, these companies, this guy wasn't even worth working for in the first place. And you can go somewhere else where you're going to be more valued. Then when you get to your screening for whichever other position that you're looking at, you can tell them up front, I want to make sure I'm treated fair. I want to make sure it's on the level and there's going to be certain things I'm not going to be cool with. So as long as you treat me with the respect I feel I deserve, we're going to be perfectly fine. But if I'm going to be treated like an Android or a slave, I'll tell you to kick rocks and walk away. Not to say that, just saying in your mind, go in there with the confidence that you are valuable. Go in there with the awareness of when they're trying to discriminate against you for a position that you want and not allow you to have it. All my call to action, my recommendation, you are free to ignore me though. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. We will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.